0: Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 367 with Kelsey of In Tune With Your Intuition. It's a podcast for those of you who are just learning about yourselves and want to learn more and just trying to answer life's questions. This podcast is for you, I promise you. Go check them out. We always give the links down in the bio. And also, if you want to be on the show, you can catch us at finding Podcast at gmail.com. We'll answer your emails right away on how to do so. If you want to go through the website, that is finding Arizona If you'd like to just send us a DM and let us know who should be in next, go send us a DM over at all our social medias under Finding Arizona Podcast. Guys, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's a lot going on today, uh, and I. Sh- Who is a no woman? She's ambitious. She is juggling life. Oh, she is high performing. She's self-made. Um, definitely busy. Woman supporter. Cares about the rooms that she's going into. Building an empire. Definitely working in a male-dominated industry. She is competitive and cares about impact. And she's inspired by the word now. Oh, completely relentless. She is self-made. She is a badass. welcome back everybody to the finding arizona podcast i'm your host jose as always we bring in special guests every week and today is no different ladies and gentlemen i'd love to introduce you to joe Labrie, who is the director of operations of bug and weed mart for the last 40 years the valley's trusted destination for do-it-yourself pest control products equipment and and advice bug and weed Mart has several locations in the east valley and phoenix whether you will want to control your scorpions bed bugs weeds or everyday pests they'll show you how to do it successfully at bug and weed mart you win and bugs lose i love that little saying there that you guys have um thank you joe for joining us
1: thanks for the generous introduction uh i couldn't have summed it up better myself so thank you i really appreciate uh and yeah the bugs you, the, the bugs you you win bugs lose uh was a product of my sister karen's uh design so give i'll give her the kudos
0: there but thank oh, you again. awesome um, so again, you brought up your sister, so I'm going to jump right into this kind of, I know you're, uh, you gave us a little bit of a write-up, so I have a little bit of interest in your history and already know a little bit about it, but, um, you are a product of what I'd like to call a family business. And this is something that, um, has been generated by your father. Um, I'd love to, cause I always ask this of everyone who comes in through our doors, can you give us the origin story and how all of this came to be in your life and how all of, uh, the business came to be? I don't want to bore you too much. Oh uh, no, you never bore me. I love learning about this. Cause but, it's, uh, again, no one starts off like, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to do a, uh, a brick and mortar store all throughout Phoenix. Uh, I'd love hearing the stories about it.
1: Well, you're, you're asking from all the the angles and I'm, I'm very excited to talk about. So, uh, Um, No, you're right. I am a a victim or a product um, (laughs) uh, of the family business. And in reality, I'm a very fortunate person. My father started the business almost by accident. Uh, My father was a teacher. Uh, He taught at Borgate High School when we moved here, uh, not long after I was born in the 60s. But after about five years of teaching and then selling pharmaceuticals, Mm -hmm. he was being told by his employer, push these drugs to these doctors. And he'd say, well, what if their needs might be different? Well, we need to sell these products. And my dad had a real problem with that. Okay, So he was that guy on the sales team that was kind of a pain in the butt at sales meetings, questioning things, because he was really trying to do the right thing for people. And his teacher background propelled him to think about other forms of, of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And one day in 1979, he wandered into do-it-yourself pest control on East Main Street in Mesa. I don't remember the exact address, but it was a a shack of a building. Um, A gentleman had about a dozen products in there. Um, And my father was very interested in controlling bugs in the house. He's got six kids by this age. He just has his sixth kid. And uh, he's got a lot of responsibility. So pest control was an expense he really couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. And he bought this product from this guy and said he was very underwhelmed with the presentation, but thought the product was amazing. And he was told that it was the same stuff that the pros use with a few precautions. Here's how you apply it. And you won't have to call a bug guy. You could do it yourself and do the professional products just as well as a pro would do it. So he was really turned on by this concept and thought this is underdeveloped. And he's not at all a marketing guy, but he saw opportunity and said, if I could work this store on Saturdays and have a, another employee work at Monday through Friday, I wonder if this gentleman would sell me the business. So mm-hmm. that led to him making an offer. Um, he bought the business. And for about four or five years, as I understand it, he ran it again, going in on Saturdays to, to work himself. And then he would sneak in the store a couple of times of the week, say hi to his employee, and make sure he's running the store the right way. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he built that basically into something that people started saying. Can you put another store in Mesa? Or can you put one in Tempe? Yeah, uh, and that was 1979. You know, as of '89, he had three stores. As of '99, he had five stores, and that's where we wow. are.
2: So that's, I, that's you know, awesome.
1: Yeah, if you know what he he kind of did it by accident, but he's such a good person uh, when it comes to taking time with people and saying, "What What do you experience? And what do you need? Do you know how to pump up a sprayer?" If you haven't, let's let's review this. And he'll yeah. basically roll his sleeves up and show people, this is how you pour chemical into a sprayer. And this is how you pump it up. And see this mist spray? It's just water. But let's pretend there's chemical. He's showing them how to spray. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm a teenager. I'm like, my dad is such a dork. What is he doing? This is so goofy. But Bad what I just is he was knowing exactly what people were looking for and he bonded with them because he got on the same plane with them and he understood their problem. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, they're coming in, they're telling their friends, and this became a word-of-mouth business. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just fortunate enough to have stumbled into it. In the late 2000s, I was selling wine and spirits for about 20 years. Having a a ball of a time, getting a lot of travel, getting to taste a lot of great wines and spirits and dining, etc., but I wasn't a very good political player, and I found myself unexpectedly fired from a fairly prominent company and not sure what to do. And my father at that time was opening that fifth store I was talking yeah. about, and that was in Phoenix. So I went to open his Bug and Weed Mart uh, in Phoenix and uh, as a manager. And uh, after a couple of years, I realized this is pretty neat. People really like this stuff. Yeah, uh, It seems to work. Um And that's kind of how I bought in. Well, I guess this isn't a two or three year hiatus. 13 years later, I'm still here. (laughs) Um, I'm far away from wines and spirits and uh, just trying to continue to, you know, to to do what's right by people. When they come in and say, I have this problem. What do you have? We have a lot of things that could probably confuse them easily. It's our job to say, here's what to use. Here's how much. Here's how to keep your pets safe and your kids. Let's go after this.
2: Man,
0: I so there's so many questions just from that origin story. I love the one just the fact that your your father was just in a, in living his life just living you know the idea of like i have 6 kids I need to make sure that this expense is as low as possible and I want to maintain my home. And the other aspect of it is like for yourself is like, you know, you may find yourself in one category of work and then, you know, this other category may not seem like, you know, the future. But at the end of the day, I mean, these products that you're using and your home and they never go away. You're always constantly um, using them. You're always constantly having to, um, if not change them or go in a different direction direction of like taking care of scorpions versus you know uh cockroaches or what you you know ants all of that but i um i want to just say you know kudos to your dad for um sticking it out and seeing something through all the way because that is definitely um uh you know planting your seeds and watching it grow into a beautiful flower sort of kind of story and you know that is something that i just really truly admire from the people who you know, live here a long period of time and how their families grow into this city is it just, it's kind of a beautiful tapestry of how this city grows and how it works. Um, I'd love to get insight for like you had brought up, you know, you were a teenager at the time, um, just the insight of like, you know, your perspective of what your dad had to go through through that time period of like, you know, from one store to two stores to three stores to four to four to five, but um, just kind of like, you know, I know for myself, I always I always looked at my dad of like, you know, I don't want to go down his route or like I don't want to be in his shoes <laughs> right. sort of deal. You know, was that a constant thing for you is like, I don't want to be in the bug business or I don't want to be into uh, what my dad's doing sort of deal for you, because it sounds like you went a different path for a while there.
1: Yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was I'm was, i the fourth of okay. six kids. Uh, God-loving Roman Catholics, right? So um, there's there's a lot of fun family stories we have, and and I, yeah, growing up um, again, I had I had a great situation, but I thought what my father did for a living was whack. I didn't want to do that. He was a he had all these pharmaceutical samples of uh, you know many little cough syrups and pills and. And he would make these up and he would actually employ us kids. He'd lay out all the the (laughs) little packets and say, you need to put two of these and two of those. I'm going to Flagstaff for the week and I'm going to need to give these 40 different kits to these doctors. And so I was, I was just kind of like your job is horrible, man. I wouldn't want to do that. And then, A really kind of a a funny story looking back, but at the time I was, I had no idea the impact that it caused, Mm -hmm. but when my dad decided to uh, buy the stores, he was violating a clause in the contract that he had as a pharmaceutical salesman said, you can't moonlight, you can't have a source of income. And someone found out about it within his company and narked on him and he had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And so one day I come back, I'm a senior in high school. I'm uh I'm walking up the driveway and I see my dad's car is there. I know it's Friday. Dad's usually working yeah. until 5 p.m. on Friday. Not only is his car in the driveway, it's backed up. And dad's not cool. He doesn't back his car into the driveway. And the trunk lid is up, right? oh. Next to dad's car is another company car from the same pharmaceutical company backed in with its trunk lid. And I recognize that's his boss's car. Ooh. And I walk up and his boss says to me, Hi, Joe, and I say, Hi, Dale. I'm going to see my dad, and they're both loading stuff into the trunk. My dad says, Hi, Joe. I'm like, Hi, Dad. What's up? He goes, Oh, I quit. Son of a gun.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I said, Okay,
1: that's cool. I I didn't know anything. I'm 18. I I don't know anything about what that statement meant. I walk inside, and my mom is bawling. She is absolutely losing her mind. And she's like, Your father just bought a bug business, and that's going to take care of us. And he (laughs) says, You know, this pharmaceutical sales job that he had, he had benefits in insurance. None of that does he have anymore. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, bummer, Mom. You know, I was a teen. I did not get it. Yeah. Uh, pretty amazing when I reflect back because um, he, he did. He went out on a limb there and said, I believe in this thing. That's and great. Said, uh, and and when you talk about the tapestry of people in Arizona who have been here for a while, and, and especially the greater Phoenix area, mm-hmm. it's, it's real. He he really kind of bought ebb and, the ebb and flow of this area was how that business went. Yeah. And, um, he, it was so homegrown that he knew no, no other way to, to run it. So it's kind of cool thinking about the struggles and the risks that he took. Um, and, Absolutely. and the fact that it, it did him so well. So,
0: um, I, You know, and that that is exactly what we hear. I mean, from my perspective as the story you know, collector kind of, I love that type of stuff because again, it's like the risk factor of it all and, and just what your whole family had, had to go through. And then the understanding behind it really makes for an understanding of like, you guys have stuck it out and have you know, really put yourselves out there to really make this business come full circle and flourish the way it does. And I have nothing but respect for your father and for your family for doing this for as long as you have, because it is not easy. It is definitely not easy to own a brick and mortar store. It's definitely not easy to hold out on a business for 40 years. And it is definitely something to look at and admire especially the fact that you have five stores that are still like still running and still doing what they're doing. And it's beautiful to see and understand. Um, I love the fact that you guys have this kind of story that is kind of like, okay, we're taking a risk here. I would love to understand how the pandemic worked out for you guys too, because that is something more of on a modern day scale, a risk and uh, uh, for someone in business uh we how we had a bunch of businesses come through during that time and helped us understand how they kept going or how they kept the flow because it affected everyone, no matter who you were, what business you did, it was something that touched every family, every person on a different scale so I'd love to just get that time period from your perspective on what happened to the stores and what happened to you and your family yeah yeah thanks jose
1: i'm I'm thinking about this because uh it's um, it's, it's, it seems a little distant now, but it was, uh, two and a half, three years of, of um, tumult, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of unpredictability. Yeah. Um, so initially once, uh, once the, the pandemic was recognized and the lockdown was instituted, the, the key question for us was, are we going to make that cut? Are we, um, an essential business? Yeah and turns out yeah bed bugs and roaches and kitchens and things like that are not good so we got the green light to go ahead and that was super important yeah Uh, and so then i set off on what buying uh, plexiglass uh, protectors for all the registers and um, getting everybody the the ppe that they needed um trying to find hand sanitizer and then we and then it's you know, we're putting signs on the door saying we can only limit this many people and we're putting the little stickers on the floor saying please stand this far away as you wait for your purchase and we for the first time we really started to to recognize uh, more to your I guess the bigger question what do you, how do you respond um, in, in a business sense yeah and we realized we had never really positioned ourselves as well call us let us know or go online let us know what you're looking for and if it's easier during these times you don't have to come in we'll have it ready for you. You can pay us now. You can pay when you get here. We don't care. But we started to to finally grasp some of that uh, and realize how important that was as people's fears and, and trying to honor uh, all the, the concerns of their, you know, that they had at the time. Um, we, we learned a lot about that period. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so initially it was actually kind of good for our business as bad as things were. Yeah. Um, By the time we got deeper into um, the pandemic, um, we had our supply chain issues and our um, pricing issues with raw ingredients. And when you're dealing with herbicides and pesticides and granules and dusts and -hmm. emulsifiable concentrates and all these things that you don't think about too much because of this pretty package that it finishes in. But Ukraine war, um, I started to learn, wow, I didn't realize that active ingredients are made from products that are coming from Ukraine, China um some of them from the middle east but all of a sudden there were specific issues with it seems like every one of these and we started to pucker because people were starting to hoard and they were coming in and buying larger quantities than they would normally do because they were hearing about supply chain issues too yeah so um it's kind of uh i guess where i'm going with this is we felt like well you know what we're in pretty good shape we're we're going to have some supply problems. And we did, we did pride ourselves on keeping most of our items in stock. Everything went through the roof on pricing. And only in the last probably 6 to 12 months did those start to come down again. Okay. So the real key is to make sure even if you bought it at a high price, that you recognize that the market has changed. And if you have a good that people want, you need to fairly price it. And yeah. things were changing weekly. Um, and for a small business like ours with 200 SKUs of herbicides and pesticides, um, and sprayers and all these things, I, I, I was I was challenged to really stay on top of that, and I never yeah. had that before. So I think from from a learning standpoint, from a small business that's we run on a very small overhead, right? Mm-hmm. We have one store manager per store, and that's the only employee in the store. And I manage all five of those, and I do the ordering, and I source the goods, and I help with the promotions and then my sister helps with the marketing and those kind of things. But okay. when you think about it, everything from a customer complaint to a time off request to um, uh, a great product review or something, all those things are kind of funneling through very few bodies. So to add some of those complexities, um, we didn't recognize the full impact of that, but mm-hmm. you know, now we definitely see the landscape has, has changed even more and pe- the consumer has gotten very well educated and, you know, but there's our, our big thing um, now and in the past is the ick factor of <laughs> what happens if I handle this wrong or what happens if my dog walks over this too soon. Yeah. Um, so we're still kind of thriving on that, you know, being that consultant to the do it yourself or who's pretty aggressive and trying stuff but really wants to make sure you're yeah. doing, doing it safely and they're, they're, they're doing as good of a job or better than if they paid for it.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, again, you brought up the the chain chain supply and kind of the hoarding factor. It's just I, I've heard that from the very start of the pandemic and just hearing it from business owners and how that reflected on, you know, trying to keep up and trying to also manage the expectation of having the supply and demand sort of um reaction to everything and so i would you know that's again kudos to you guys for allowing your all five stores to kind of keep supply um you know available to the customers who need it and i think it's so incredible to like hear what people went through and understand kind of the difficulties of what they had to do as far as because people really understand it's like again it affected everyone on every scale you can possibly imagine one being the supply the supply chain and another is just the fact that of the safety um, protocols that you had to switch up and you know m- you know managing that aspect and making sure that your own own employees are being safe along with your customers being feeling safe in your stores as well so i mean again it's all you know kind of a not a distant memory, but kind of like a, a, it's, it's going more and more away from that period time. And we're, you know, there are certain aspects that people have kept in, in, in certain systems. Like, you know, one of the big things that I've started to recognize is again, the, the pulling up and, and the uh, for certain stories and, and using your car and the method of just, you know, parking and and getting your supplies and still supplying the customer through the parking method and, and, and through the car. Um, I think that's interesting, you know, certain technologies through that time period have kind of um, integrated itself into the everyday aspect, because again, it's just, Something that you built in and you kind of keep going and it just doesn't go away and it's just kind of integrated itself into the everyday norm. Um, so it's interesting to see that from you know a different perspective, uh, such as bugs, weeds, and all of these kind of uh, pesticides and things like that. Because as a homeowner myself, in particular, I I have someone come out to my home and I don't really do the do it yourself, but at the same time, there is an aspect of that where I wish I kind of, you know, I do uh, the pest control part or the not pest control. The weed control part is something that I like to do and maintain kind of a healthy approach to it because I'm a landscape architect by trade. And so that's something that I love to kind of manage at my own home is just the weed control okay. aspect. Um, so I'd love to also, You I mean, you kind of, we kind of keep Touching upon this is the family aspect and having your siblings and, um, so like it it being in a family experience and how you guys maintain this business. Can you give us a little insight of like, (laughs) like, I mean, I know you and your sister work together, but the other siblings and how they kind of approach. Uh, dad maybe asking them to work the summers or whatever it may be. And like, where did that all kind of dwindle? Like now that it's just you and you, I imagine it's just you and your sister kind of maintaining this business, but give us a little insight on the family dynamics and how that all came to be for your dad and allowing them to work in the business. And where are they all now? Like, I'd love to hear about that. That'd be interesting
1: it it's uh it is kind of a scattered story but when you have six kids you're right there's there's kind of a you know uh, a meat grinder mentality i think as a parent you have to take and yeah. what's good for the goose is good for the gander and we're going to do what we do to the first kid who's indoctrinate them all so sure enough my oldest brother jim
2: mm-hmm.
1: um was the first bug and weed mart uh, employee within the family that my okay. father hired um jim didn't Get too into the job too much. Um, so he, he ran, a, I think he ran the Tempe location for a while. Okay. Um, and actually, a couple of uh, friends of his also uh, ended up being uh, store managers for my dad. Um, so he brought a, if nothing else, he brought some labor to the picture. I don't know how stunning yeah. uh, of a performance that was or how impressed Dad was with Jim, to be honest with you. And <laughs> Jim you. will admit that. So Jim quit. Um, uh, years later, Kara, who you heard me reference her earlier Kara is the sixth of six right okay uh, and Kara worked for my dad on saturdays when he would work on saturdays uh up till probably 14 15 years old so for probably 10 to 15 Kara worked with dad because inside the store in that tempe store mm. you might remember like an, how they have in a hallmark stores sometimes you find a post office oddly enough within this uh, okay yeah hallmark store well, my dad had applied when the permits were available, and we were able to get a post office inside a bug and weed mart. So, um, <laughs> nice. these people, people coming to mail their packages, they're going to have to take notice of what's around here. They're going to say it smells or whatever, and realize, hey, well, that, that's that's a good smell. Those are poisons that are going to do the right things if we use them right. So, yeah. So Kara, that's how Kara came to work for us, um, and that kind of went away. And then I went to work for my dad for a short period of time in my twenties, and. Mm-hmm kind of like I looked at him when I was in my teens, said, "Nah, this isn't right for me. And I walked away from it. Um, I am the only one to come back to the business other than, well, I shouldn't say that. Kara came back as well. Yeah. But I came back uh, again because I, I had a financial crisis and a career. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the dynamic that I have in the family, I'm really lucky on. Yeah, I'm I'm one of six kids. Well, this is my dad's business. It's his estate, essentially. So mm-hmm. without getting too... Personal, you know, the kids, the other four kids, they do have an interest in, hey, how are you guys yeah. doing? Are you running the business with competence? Are you spending money wildly? Um, you know, are we growing? Uh, what are the challenges they they'll ask, but I gotta give them a lot of credit. They'll ask and realize, hey, if we're dealing with stuff, they don't ask on an everyday basis. So um they probably don't have that expertise and they value letting us sort things out. Um, Kara is phenomenal. She worked for GoDaddy for uh, several years um, as nice. account executive and I forget her exact position but she's dealt with some pretty high level pressure uh, pressure exactly and kind of understands business dynamics well I, I'm the emotional guy who maybe she'll look at my email and tamp it down and use a, a little bit different wording um, where I get excited she's very very calm so she is really really helpful she is uh, having her there you know, it makes me feel like we're actually steering this thing in the direction my dad would want it
0: to go. Yeah. Um, that was, that was going to so. be my next question. It's like, you know, one being, how do you like, would you think your dad is, is you guys going in the right direction? Do you think he would be proud enough to be like admitted, like you guys are doing well. And then also the grand, like, I imagine there must be some grandkids involved, or at least, you know, <laughs> like soon to be involved or what, what that, entails but it's like i would love to hear that aspect of like the next generation w- coming up
1: it'd be kind of fun uh, i've got a 25 year old son and a 23 year old daughter
0: who's
1: 26 and 24 um and i would love to get my son involved um my daughter uh, she doesn't have too much of an interest but uh but there are other siblings um yeah uh, i have other uh, nieces and nephews who, yeah have kind of taken an interest and I can see them um, if they if they show the continue to show the interest I, I don't recruit too heavily um, they see enough of me and, uh, <laughs> and the products and they the mom and dad's using the product yeah um, but once in a while yeah I'm getting some curiosity so it does make me wonder it would be it would be awesome it would be phenomenal to be able to see this through um, and continue to to foster what my dad did and to to keep our our, our managers who are the, the bread and butter of what makes my job easy. Uh they are they're wonderful. They uh they they make this work. So uh, as they get older and as they want to retire, because our our guys are usually they're homeowners. They've had a couple of homes. So mm-hmm. um you know when when retirement does happen to get some young blood in who might actually have some practical experience and all, usually there's an advantage there. It'd be fun to get a family member
0: involved. Yeah. I I, I mean again it's like I I You know, being a father myself, it's just like, again, I'm starting to realize like what legacy or what kind of, um, you know, uh, something to give him, like you said, an estate or something like that. Am I leaving behind? Am I showing the right kind of interest in his talents along with my own talents, you know, to, you know, meld together or at least provide an opportunity to have this kind of uh, crossover? and you know that's i just think it's really fun when it's a it's a family dynamic and when it's kind of like oh man it's like three generations of you know these these this family member wanting to provide for the valley and provide uh for their own family too as well so i think it's really nice and uh i <laughs> let me ask you this because you had brought up your brother's name jim i know f- that your dad's name was Jim. Is there another Jim, like a third, the third Jim
1: well, the, I mean, like a George Foreman thing? Yeah, um, <laughs> no, thankfully, but, but it is funny. Uh, again, we have like you know Roman Catholic names, James, John, Joseph, and then okay. we have rigid Cara and Monica. I mean, not exactly Mary and, you know, uh, the typical, uh, you know, Catholic w- women's names, but, um no it's 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 funny you mentioned that though
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i was like man it's like there'd be to me in my mind of like man if jim stayed involved with it and just like three gyms that you'd never have to forget the name of like oh yeah it's jim he owns the, the spot and it's his store but it's just it's just funny to me because i'm we all have different name, uh, middle names but my father's name is Jose as well and then my great or my grandfather was Jose as well but we all had different middle names so it was just something that i i was like oh well i mean if i have a second child i'll probably and that's a male i'd probably go with Jose but it's like i went a different route for my son's name and it's just been um, it helps to like change it up just a little bit give it a little fresh look and like you said you go you go from uh you know, Joe to Joseph and things like that. And it's, it's just funny to me.
1: It's, it's fun to confuse people too. Um, yeah. something's going wrong. Yeah. We're usually pointing to one of those other family members and that's the one you need to see. And which one is it? Uh, yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a convenient out, but no, I'm, uh, I remember, you know, again, growing up, we had, we had some, we had some real fun times. My, uh, mm-hmm. my, my parents were very, very committed to, to raising the family. And, yeah. uh, as much as we tried to screw things up as kids, they succeeded. That's um, awesome. And yeah, they're, and both of them are still alive today, uh, thankfully. So, Great. Uh, yeah. And in fact, you know, we're in business right now. It's Saturday, it's midday. I have a feeling my father is checking in. He's got the, the software. He can see how each store is doing. He'll be making notes. Click,
0: you click in here and there, just double checking everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, was there an opportunity for a, a sprayer to be sold with this order? And he, he catches little things. And did we get the the color dye added for that herbicide for that guy? at he sees things that I'm like. Okay, let me follow up. Dad still got it, so he's still
0: it, uh, he's he's still up there. He's still, and that's I mean to me that's the most wonderful aspect about having a career that just never goes away, or like something that you're passionate about that never goes away. That level of interest or that level it keeps you young at heart. I believe it keeps you it keeps you motivated. It keeps you wanting to to that vigor that vigor of life keeps you going and keeps you alive and keeps you um, just here on earth like your mind just keeps going and wants to wants to do more wants to be a part of this and so good kudos to your dad for still wanting to be a part of this
1: yeah i'll I'll tell you something on that note was that he was i mean we were open for six days a week forever right but Mm -hmm. people would wait until saturday sometimes because they knew they could go to tempe and they would find my dad and my dad's, my they they were so impressed with how animated he would get. I mean, my dad would say, this stuff is really neat. I mean, he would break it down like that and get all excited and he would, you know, our big thing is we'll take a Sharpie and yeah. we'll write, okay, here's the dose. It's two ounces per one gallon of water and don't apply when it's over 85 degrees because you'll burn your grass. And he's writing on the back of the bottle by now. And oh my this gosh. Whole thing, people walked out of there going with these cheat sheets and just kind of with this yes i finally get it um so that's like a really really important thing to us that people come to us because they trust us and i've had people walk in especially when i first started working for the company came back to work for dad and i'd be in the store and someone would come in and go oh jim's not here when's jim gonna be here i'm like hi i'm joe i'm jim's son how can i help you yeah I'll, i'll come back when jim's here oh so it was uh it, it was at first I was kind of you know pissed about it. Who are these people? What a lot of nerve they have. But I realized uh the next guy who comes in later on in the week will say, Hey, is Jim here? No. Well, tell him Jack was here and tell him thanks again. He really helped me out again. I yeah. started more and more things like that. Yeah. Um so, uh, yeah, if we can if we can emulate what dad did, amen. That yeah. would really, really get us to a place of satisfaction. Well that we're so consistent that way.
0: That endears me even more to your guys's company is just the fact that you have this kind of level of like we want to keep giving the people what they really enjoy most is that experience that that kind of catered uh, experience with you know understanding the product, wanting to come back to get more product, and and that's just kind of like yeah, like. That's how your experience with the store that you love most, especially these homegrown stores like your local homegrown stores, you want that because because again, it's like you want to be able to like say, hey, I know the owner or I know the guy, the manager, whatever, um, and I like him, and I want to you know experience that same thing when I first went and got that experience. I want to keep coming back and doing and dealing with him or dealing with the you know the person that gave me this the great experience the first time so that endears me so much to you guys and i really do appreciate you know this level of like family love and appreciation for what you do and you guys are trying your best to to keep going and i love that and that keeps me um, happy because there's so many other stories like this that i want to capture and, and and share with you know our city because i think that one thing that's best about my experience living and growing up here is the fact that there's this, there are people like you, and there are families and and um, businesses that want to share who they are, but they, you know, sometimes it just it's like, again, it's like you're busy doing your work, and there's not a cheerleader rooting for you. And I want to be that person because that's the way I was taught. That's the, it was how I grew up uh, hearing stories from my own grandfather and just that level of love of hearing it and understanding look there's a there's a family there's a person behind the business and there's definitely an appreciation there so i'm your cheerleader today um i'd love to get to move towards the future here and, and understand maybe some, uh, hopes and dreams for you, Joe, for the business and what, what you guys, maybe you and Kara have a a big business plan or something that you guys are hoping to achieve by the end of this year or in the next upcoming years. I'd love to understand that aspect of it.
1: Sure. Um, and thanks again for the, for the wealth of kind words there. Um, you know, we we're honored and, uh, you know, our big thing is we we like to be that person's consultant. We like to be in their cell phone and uh, uh, hey, I'm about to do this. Is this the right way to do it? Kind of just double check. Yeah, that's what we're all about. So so thank you for for recognizing you know that 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 being such a core feature of what we believe ourselves to be. No um, and as far as uh, the future, boy, it's uh, it is it's a little daunting to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we we definitely realize that it's a it's a vastly changing still and, and dramatically changed even in the last three or four years world of brick and mortar of retail sales of how consumers buy of how they get their information of how they shop uh, when they want products um, and the challenges that go with that really kind of beg from us to to look a little bit harder a little bit deeper to see how are we going to how are we going to fine tune things even more? Yeah, uh, our core has to be, you know, when people come in the store, that whole in store experience is what we rate our employees on. If we, you know, if our employee gets a gets a good review, mm-hmm. uh, we are a bonus at him every time. Uh, we've we've told them that we want those. We don't want you to to solicit it, but if you have someone who says, "Hey, you've really helped me out," I want you to know that. Can I tell your owner? yeah tell them hey if you want to spend a few minutes on google or yelp we're going to be grateful that's awesome it tells the story um but as far as the future goes you know we are trying to figure out how does brick and mortar still succeed Uh, each of our stores for example we have uh one little it's roughly about a thousand feet per store maybe 1200 but they're in small little strip malls yeah so fairly low overhead they're all rentals they're not owned properties And we have watched our rents go up, just like you've watched probably, you know, rents for anything commercial go up. Um, We've watched our supply costs go up and our margins have to tighten a lot again because of uh, people now saying, I don't know if I want to physically go there. Can I buy this product without going to Bug and Weed Mart? Mm -hmm. And we've never really gotten to a scale that is ready to do an online store so that we can really be like an Amazon or something like that. so we're trying to figure out ways to get maybe partially there. Yeah. Uh, and see what those results can yield. And that's a big focus for us for 2023. In fact, with Kara, she and I have some goals that we still have to report back on progress to my 85-year-old dad in about three weeks on that are to this end, kind of answering some of those questions. And then into the uh, first and second quarter of the year, we have a marketing plan that we have to have buttoned up by uh, November 15th. So... Um, Excited to fill in the gaps. It's a we're we're learning a little bit about um, who is our customer. How do we recruit new customers? Who does respond to bug and weed stuff on Instagram versus mm-hmm. Twitter versus? Um, uh, um, I can't even. I'm losing my my train of thought here. But the different social media platforms. Um, there are pockets. There there are moms in certain areas who respond to. Mm-hmm. A student bed bug issue, and there are fathers on certain uh, platforms who would respond to something like a, a roof rat issue. So, yeah, uh, we're we're trying to figure out. Okay, we got your attention. How do we get you in the store without looking too hokey online? And <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's it's a more daunting challenge than I, I think we had uh, originally anticipated. So yeah. we're delving. We're uh, we have a, a you know a marketing company as well as a um, a website. Um, a designer and, and maintainer. So, with those two entities, Kara is pretty much tied in day to day. And then she and I collaborate after I give her store level input. Here's what the managers think with the marketing plan that comes from marketing, and here's what they want to massage. it. so, we have, I think we have some good things working. We just, we've got a, a lot of work to do to, to yeah. dust and, you know, get the fine touches done and, and uh, dot the I's across the T's. But yeah, for us to thrive and sustain, we've got to respond to the needs that we're being presented with. And uh, we were able to probably go, hmm, sit back for a little while and watch, and now it's time to jump in and take some action.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, if I can give you any kind of hope, it's uh, it's what, um, you know, as a kind of en- entity from my own end and just understanding social media aspect and, um, you know, those micro, uh, like you were saying, the dads who have an issue in their own home or the mom's looking to have a product to help their, you know, put around the house, but also be safe for their pets and kids. You know, it's those, um, public faces or as they say, social media brands and stuff like that. Um, the influencers of, of the world, uh, it's, it's using them and utilizing them to help be again, what I like to call the cheerleaders for your group or for your business and brand, um, I myself, we've started to do things, little things like that. So like, I'll be honest, like Brit has done some social media work for uh, Leslie's Pools. And Mm -hmm. it's just been great to kind of show off what our capabilities are as being you know, one part homeowners and and parents and that aspect to show off like great products, great businesses who share the same kind of values that we what sh- that we want to show off and and that's one of those things that we we like doing now is just to be able to share not only what our capabilities are as those entities, those brands, and those people who use the product, but also to you know help share. You know tips and tricks that you can have for yourself as you know the other homeowners and people who follow us and things like that. So all in all that being said, I wish you nothing but the best of luck cause I know that you guys have a great squad behind you, and I know that you guys um are doing everything possible to make yourselves uh, stand out from the group. and I, I I have full confidence in your future and what you guys are going to be able to achieve. So that being said, we're kind of reaching the end of our conversation here. And this is the moment where I leave it to you, Joe, the owner and the, the the guy running a lot of the things you probably have an understanding what the website is, but this is your chance to promote, 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 let us know, you know, uh, main address, main phone number, uh, social media handles, emails, all of that in between the floor is yours, Joe, please let us know. Well,
1: thank you again, first of all, for the, it's really enjoyable Saturday conversation. Um, yeah, we can, uh, we can definitely be found easily. If you can remember Bug and Weed Mart, you can remember bugandweedmart.com. Awesome. Uh, five locations. There's one in Phoenix, one in Scottsdale, Tempe, Gilbert, and Mesa. Uh, currently open every day but Sundays. And during the holidays, of course, we'll, we'll close up uh, a little bit extra. But, no, what I'd like to say to to everybody is, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for stepping foot in our store. If you're kind of wondering what you might be thinking about this time of the year, um, it's still close to 100 degrees today. It's going to cool down a little bit this week, thankfully. But that means the scorpions are out. So we've for a long time been a great source for scorpion control. And if you've always kind of wondered, does this stuff really work? It does. Just give us a chance to show you how. Um, and if and if scorpions aren't an issue or buds aren't a problem, do think about us in the next 60 to 90 days about weeds for the spring and how to prevent them before they ever come up. It costs about $6 per thousand square feet and really easy to do.
0: Awesome. I really do appreciate you putting that at the end there, Joe, because again, it's one thing to you know, promote yourself. But it's another thing to help people understand what's upcoming in the future that you need to look out for because that is very much, as a homeowner myself, those are kind of like the scheduled things that I need to maintain and help understand for myself of like my calendar year is always being constantly updated and transformed because of the upcoming weeds, upcoming pest control, upcoming all of these things. So I appreciate everything that you've uh Uh, dived into with us today and I have nothing but high hopes and and big wishes for you and the family and and big wishes for um, the business too, as well. So we do have an outro for ourselves here. You can catch every episode of our podcast at finding Arizona podcast.com. We it easy for you guys to reach us social media wise. That's under finding Arizona podcast under everything. Last but not least, if you want to send us an email, finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com and let us know who you want next. Try and make that happen. And as always, we end every episode with kisses, hugs and belly rubs to our four legged friends. Friends, we will see you next time.